Welcome to The Gathering Podcast. This is a production of The Gathering Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. For more information on The Gathering, you can go to gatheringkc.com. This week we have Creative Arts Pastor Connor Scholes and Family Pastor Nate Jones to talk about what exactly is worship and can we do it incorrectly. Here we go. Welcome to the Gathering Podcast. My name is Jonathan Plastic. I'm the media director at the Gathering Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm Connor Scholes. I'm the creative arts pastor at the Gathering. And my name is Nate Jones, and I'm the family pastor at the Gathering. So, gentlemen, today we're talking about worship. So, something the three of us, I think, well, you guys know way more than I do as far as leading and being able to, to you know, lead for a very, very uh, long time. I'm not calling you old. You're, you're saying you we're old. old. Yeah, uh, it's all right. It's but all the three good. of us have, have led worship here. Connor and, and Nate have done it for a, a good long time, and so uh, worship is kind of this. To introduce the topic, I feel like it's a lot of different things. Uh, I automatically go to music. I go to uh, we can worship through prayer and things like that. But Connor, first off, and then Nate can build off. What is worship? So. In the, the simplest form of this, worship is what your mind's attention and your heart's affection is set on. So, I mean, that can be anything from money to status to relationship to um, what you desire the most. And uh, for our context in the church, uh, we tend to focus on the corporate side where that is um, setting our mind's attention and our heart of heart's affection through prayer and music and the study of scripture on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's what we would say worship entails, but, but really, I mean, it's, it is a lifestyle. It is, um, what you set your, your mind's attention and your heart's affection on. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, uh, worship is one of those theological words we use and it really is not as theological as it sounds right? because we all worship, we all worship things, believers and non-believers. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, when we uh, look at the world, there, there are people that worship um, fame. And so so if they worship fame, what do they do? They build their life around it, and they every, every decision they make, every financial move they make or physical move they make is to uh, aid in that worship of that thing. So if, if it's fame is what they want, they will align themselves to make that possible. So the friends they take, the, the jobs they take, all that, all that will center around because that's what the, that's what their highest affection is set on. Right. And so, uh, whatever it is, we all worship things. We as believers, um, strive because, uh, we long for God. That is the thing we worship. So shouldn't that likewise be the same thing? where our hearts and our affections are set on him. So we align ourselves in every way in a posture to do that. Um, so if that makes sense, I, I think it's, it, it is this, it's Romans 12, one, it's the, uh, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's your spiritual act of worship. And so that, that's what really when it gets down to, it is this lifestyle of, of everything, my, my mind, everything I think about, everything that I do with my hands, everything, every place my feet go, my mind, my imagination, if it's set on, if that's who I worship, then everything about me is, my affections are 
And that that is exemplified in all kinds of different ways. Mm -hmm. That's why you know you're you're a creative arts pastor. We don't just make it uh, uh, like it used to be a music pastor. That kind of like pigeonholes you into this is right. what worship is is music, and we'll probably get into that in a few minutes about we we do that. You know, music mm -hmm. becomes the main one. That's a good one, but that's just one of the ways that people can show their affections of something that is you know right. what what they love the most, and so that's through. That is through music, but it's also through, you can see people paint and mm -hmm. use their giftings and that and uh, their talents and abilities to just show, again, this is my heart's affection. This is why I do this. Yeah. Um, is there, because uh, maybe you answered a little bit of how do we worship, maybe a little bit, but I'm going to go back to Nate here. How do we worship and is there a wrong way to worship? Um, well, again, yeah, whatever you're... <laughs> Yes, there is a wrong way to worship because again, it depends on what you're worshiping. So, so again, if you're worshiping uh, fame, like we use that example, there, there's a wrong way. You can, if that's your goal is to worship that thing, you're going to it's going to take you down a path that's not healthy. And so, there there are wrong ways to worship. Now, in the context of the church, like again, um, we talk specifically about the way we worship here at the, here at church or uh, as believers. Um, one of the main ways, and I think it's an important way, is through song. And I, I think I think music is just a gift from the Lord uh, that that we uh, we should not you know diminish at all. We should we should get together and sing, and it's not the only way, but it is a main way. And I think there's there's just something beautiful about music. It stirs emotions within you, you know, and um, it causes us to think. And here, here's a very practical thing that I always think about when I think of music and the gift of music, just your ABCs. I, I have the ABCs memorized. I don't know if you guys do, but I memorize I them. Yeah. Is there 25 or 26? I don't remember, but I know this. But here's the deal. I know the song, right? If it was just literally just saying it, if it was A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, J, you know, yeah. oh. I, I would have a hard time memorizing that. But because it's set to a, a tune, you know, I've known it my whole life and I learned it like it two years old, whatever it was, right? There's something about music that helps us learn and remember. And so uh, I think that's one of the gifts of worship through song is that when we sing doctrines and sing truths about the scriptures um, and, and times where we're hurting and we're needing the uh, Christ and uh, all that, it, the songs remind us of the truth of the gospel. You know, I think it's it, when Paul and Silas are in the prison, what do they do? They sing. They're singing. Why are they singing? Because they're, they're in this terrible situation, and they've sung these songs in their gatherings, and they're reminding themselves of God's faithfulness and goodness. So music is uh, a powerful tool that we use in the church to sing together and gather together and sing the truths of God together. And to reinforce that, the, the memory side of it, like, you know, I, one of the things that I've been blessed with is a pretty good memory. So I remember a lot of things, sometimes just random stuff. But like if I were to go back and think over um, my entire life, like um, all of the theology that I have learned, um, probably I would have difficulty other than giving certain quotes out of sermons or lectures that I've sat in. But I can tell you complete songs. And, and so that's one of the both the uh, importances and dangers of music is, is making sure that as we sing that, that we're learning good theology and what we sing, but that we're also understanding uh, the, the different importances that are in some of those different types of music, you know, that some are confessions and may be very simple because they're simply 
us reminding ourselves of our need mm-hmm. and dependence on the Lord, or um, some are really deep theological um, hymns or, or songs that remind us of a specific point, whether it's the cross or the resurrection or um, just our, our creed and what we believe, but that the diversity of music is also what allows us as the body that's very diverse to come together and be able to um, to corporately sing, you know, and then also to, to not um, like put levels to different things, you know, like prayer is an incredibly important act of worship for people because we're communicating with our God. Um, we're having that personal relationship with him through those prayers. And then we're interceding for each other, you know, reading scripture sometimes is just an, it's the most incredibly powerful thing that we can do, um, in the context of a service is to, to read those truths and remember and let them sink deep. Um, and then the proclamation of the word, you know, obviously is, is also incredibly important. And, and I think in all of those, um, the danger is when we focus on pigeonholing each one of those mm-hmm. to be done a certain way or to be um, to follow a certain pattern um, that that can that can get us into danger, yeah. you know. But at the same time, um, there's grace in that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. You asked again: Is there a wrong way to worship? Examples in Scripture uh, that uh, people express things different ways. So um, you know, you have um, um, Mary coming to Jesus and worshiping at his feet. Well, Martha didn't think that was a proper way to do it. Mm-hmm. And and who did Jesus say, hey, stop, is to Martha, right? Mar- in Martha's view, that was not the correct way to worship. Um, and, and But on the other side, there I think that people can get carried away in their worship, especially we've mm-hmm. seen this uh, leading worship for, for many years, where it's kind of like, okay, that, that, that was a little weird, right? Have you ever had that where you know, somebody all of a sudden just breaks out tambourine uh and i've had that happen where <laughs> you're your lead worship and up on stage and somebody brought a tambourine with them to church and I, i'm all good with tambourine keep beat you know that'd be nice but even if you don't but i look at them and they're worshiping the lord go for it right however in that specific instance in a lot of instances it becomes more of a, a show rather than who you worship. so again is it's it's is there a wrong way to worship yes because if your heart's affection is about i i want to draw attention to myself right then that is a wrong way to worship, yeah. no matter what style or music or whatever it is. And so there is an incorrect way. So we as pastors have to kind of try and guide in a way that, again, um, leads away from us worshiping a style, a type of song or a, a type of service or whatever it is, uh, drawing affection away from Christ mm-hmm. to whatever other thing. That's yep. when it crosses the line. Yep. But we can also become like the Pharisees who say, this is the way you're supposed to worship. And then we pray things like, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm not like that person. Um, right. Or Martha thinking, well, I'm here doing all the work, and she's in there doing that. That's the incorrect way. Right. You know, we tend to kind of look around, and again, we're worshiping our own uh, style of worship. This is this is where we got into the worship wars years mm-hmm. ago, and it's still around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you got, well, we sing hymns. That's how you worship. We need this certain thing. Well, you're you're not even looking at the definition of worship when you start that. Yes, and that's a, that's one of those non-starters. Like you yeah. said, you know, is you have to go back and be like, well, what is worship? Mm-hmm. Well, if my if my mind's attention and my heart's affection is in the correct place, then then that motivation's not going to be there. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and not not that again. Hymns are I love I love the hymns. Yes. They're, they're they're my probably my favorite style mm-hmm. of worship. Um, 
but there's also great courses and, and modern songs that are coming out. And so, you know, it, it just, again, going back to the worship boards, it was, it was a, it was a certain thing they were worshiping really is what we got down to is we were, we tended to worship what, what I did when I was in college was we, I was worshiping the, the, the experience, the, experience mm-hmm. the, the passion movement, remember the, uh, mm-hmm. the hill song, that's what I ended up worshiping. But I was looking at everybody else saying, well, you're worshiping hymns and you're worshiping the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was doing the same thing. Right. I was just worshiping the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it really came down to why, you know, who am I worshiping? What am I worshiping? And uh, so when we, we, all three of us, when we pick songs, we do this well. We, we don't, I don't remember us ever having a conversation of, well, we probably should throw this song in there because we need a hymn today. You know, and we try and throw hymns in there, but it's not because, well, we got to do one or mm-hmm. we need to do a, these are all hymns. Let's do a chorus. We literally looking at the words. We're looking at how does this draw affection to Jesus and does this speak truth? And that's the guiding right. principle of, of the songs we pick in our, yeah. in our worship services. Yeah. I think that's something that you guys have, I've certainly learned a lot in my three years here is what are we preaching on this week? Because that, that was never anywhere in my mind whenever I played in youth group it was I don't care what he's talking about I want to play these four songs because they're really cool (laughs) right like I have a cool guitar lick in there that I wanted to play in front Uh of this really cute girl in youth group right or you only know four chords and you guys that's right well that happened gotta be in G guys it's gotta be in G (laughs) so that happened a lot um but and and Connor listed off some of the ways of of worship and and some that even we practiced um this this past week April 21st was uh communion Mm-hmm. communion together we we give either through online or at the back of the room now we we don't have as much of the passing of the plates but that's still as much worship correct mm-hmm. i mean yes absolutely. absolutely so there's there's no difference in that so for people who are kind of pigeonholing worship into just song you've explained a lot of them and then adding those two things in is it's all a collective uh work of worship yes. right that you are you're showing yourself um to the Lord and love and, and stuff like that. So why is it important that we worship Connor? Because I think that that is showing where our motivation is it's showing our life. Um, and you know, one of the things about as a believer, our, our goal is to glorify God and what better way to glorify God than for our hearts and our, our minds to be focused on him. And because of that, for other people around us to see that difference, I mean, if we go back to that fame example, which is a great example, like, um, you know, there's there's different people that are famous and the way that they live is drastically different. There's some people who they have just become famous because of whether they're writers or actors or whatever, and they flaunt it and they they live in a way that, you know, you are you're going to know they're famous. Right. And there's some people that if you met them on the street and hadn't seen their movie or hadn't heard their song, you would never know that they are they're famous because they just live differently, right? And you find yourself drawn to those people like, man, I really want to hang out with that person. Um, I think that as, as believers, when we worship through all the means that we are given and we do it in a way that glorifies God, other people look at us and they're like, I'm seeing all the things that's happening in their lives. Some of it's great. Some of it's not good, but they're still consistent in this one thing mm-hmm. and where their, their minds focuses and their hearts focuses and they care about me for some reason. And I, you know, people are drawn to that. And, and so I think that's one of the greatest witnesses we have for the Lord is that um, when we live our lives 
as an act of worship, like Romans 12, 1, um, as a living sacrifice, where sometimes we have to crawl back on that altar because we've kind of rolled off of it, right? Um, that allows us to be not only transparent to people, but to be evangelists in that way, that they see Jesus in us. Yeah. So Nate, I, I wanted to ask, because we had you on with Matt on the relational podcast that we did, and can being relational be a way of worship? I mean, opening up your house and, you know, being hospitable, is that a, a way of worshiping? Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, again, when you realize that what what God is after is your heart, um, and, and, he, and he captures your heart and you, you long to, um, again, worship him or you, your heart's affections are set upon him and you want to obey him because you love him, um, you're going to obey what he says to do, and you're going to look at his example um, and say, you know, I'm, um, yeah, I think your example of hospitality, yeah, it's an act of worship because what you're doing is you're, you're laying down your own rights and your own privacy and saying, come build a relationship with us. Um, uh, learn, let me listen to you. I want to hear you. I want to know you. I mean, that, that's, that's a perfect example of a, someone being like Christ. Um, so again, when we pigeonhole it just to music alone or just to the sacraments, the ordinances and the, the things of the church, the only people that are going to see that are the church people. Right. And so, uh, which again is a great thing. Some of the most powerful moments in worship that I've had are th- times where I'm on the stage and I look out and I see somebody in a wheelchair who I know is dying, lifting their hands in praise. And mm-hmm. I can't continue singing because I look at that and it, it, causes me to say that person is suffering and they are raising their hand and they're singing as loud as they can. When I see those who have, uh, I, I love our special needs um, mm-hmm. friends at, at church and when they lift their hands in worship and, and when they sing off key yeah, and right. loud and good, and yeah. it is the most beautiful sound in the world. It, it caught when, when you see somebody worshiping and that's just the example in the church, but when, when you have people living out their heart's affection in their communities, mm-hmm. um, they, people notice that, and so it's tied to the missional idea of um, when when you live out this faith, when you live out your heart's affection, and you strive to please the Lord in your life, not just in singing. People look at that and they say, "That's different," mm-hmm. yeah. because you're worshiping. Every, again, everybody worships something, but they're seeing that you're worshiping when you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Like you're suffering and you're you're worshiping. Why, why would you do something like that? Right. Right. Um, and so it is probably, again, those of you who are, who feel like, oh, I can't be missional. I can't, uh, I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to, I don't know how to like convince somebody they should, you know, give their life to Christ. I don't know how to have that conversation. Here, here's the deal. You don't, you don't have to learn a technique. Mm-hmm. Basically it's just, just worship, mm-hmm. worship, worship the Lord. And, and when you worship the Lord, you are being missional. That, that's your key. So live out. Live out your fit. Live out your heart's affection in the way you uh, live your life at work, school, home, and and people will take notice, and you will be a missionary simply mm-hmm. by worshiping. Yep. So I, w- I want to wrap this up. This is going to be a big question. So if you guys talk for ten minutes on it, cool. Okay. So uh, two things is the uh, let's talk through some of the postures of worship. Okay, specifically within song. And then for me, even hearing your example of, of the raising of hands, right? Um, I, I feel like some of us, even like you think back to like 
kind of youth camps and stuff like that. There is such a thing as like momentum in my mind. I, I think of it in a sports term of momentum within worship of one person does it. A lot of people are going to do it, right? Does Is there, let's talk through some of the postures and is, do, have you seen or experienced kind of a, a wave of momentum that you've felt in worship before? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. I, when you were talking about that, I remember, um, being at a conference one time and I was, I was worshiping. I mean, I, the songs were going, it was amazing, but I, my posture, I guess, wasn't good enough. I don't know, but I, I was sitting there and I was, I was just kind of, I was actually silent. I was not singing, I, but the Lord was like moving in my heart and speaking to me. I was actually listening to the words of the song and it was, it was penetrating my heart. Right. And afterwards, this girl, this is college. It was a co- it was a passion conference. Oh, I yeah. love passion, but I was an adult sponsor, so I'm like 30 years old. And here comes this 18 year old girl comes up and she lays her hand on my shoulder and she says, "I felt like I just needed to come, and and lay her hand on you and just say I'm praying for you. I know you're struggling with your faith and and all all this stuff. And I just noticed you're why are you not worshiping? What's going on in your life that are you mad at God? And I, I was just kind of like what? <laughs> you know, like, so because I was not in the posture that everybody else was, and if you've ever gone to a bash conference, it is mm-hmm. loud and hands up and, and it's great. Right. But because I wasn't necessarily doing that in that moment, she thought I wasn't worshiping because of my posture. Sure. And I was kind of offended that I was like, okay, so, so there's a bad example of, or a good example of, I think we can sometimes judge posture by Right. what's going on, you know, and I've done that. I'm like, man, in my younger days leading worship, I look at them leading worship and I don't see anybody like that doesn't look like they're really singing and, or they don't, uh, doesn't seem like they really care or not raising their hands or they're not doing this or that. Um, I always think about that story about me being in college, like maybe the posture is not necessarily the most important thing. Right. Um, so that, I, I think that just because someone does not raising their hands and, you know, on the worship team that they don't worship. Sometimes some of the best worshipers are those who don't sing well. Uh, they they kind of just have more of a reserved posture in worship. Um, sometimes those are the, in a corporate setting, even some of the most encouraging people to, right. as worshipers. And, so. and, and I think especially in the context of your own body, church body, like um, context is so important. Like, and knowing what people are walking through, it goes back to the, the whole relationship of that. Like, um, when you know what people are walking through, like some of those postures may look different. And even the way that you lead and encourage those postures could be different. Right. Like, you know, I think of, um, I used to, you know, one of the big things was to always be like, we're going to stand together and everyone stand. And, and, you know, like, Honestly, as I get older and sore, <laughs> I think like, like there's times where that can be really painful for someone. Mm-hmm. So even in the way that I encourage people, like if you're able to yeah. stand. Right. And, and that's, that seems like such a weird thing. Why would you say if you're able, because some people might not be able to, but the pressure, like you said, there's sometimes it's pressure. Like I need to do this. No, like you need to be faithful to what God you know, desires you to do. You know, I know that, especially in kind of the Baptist realm, one of the postures that we rarely do is to kneel. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, I don't know if it's not necessarily that it's taboo, it just hasn't been done that much. But yet, that is one of, if we look in the Bible, we see that men would fall prostrate on the ground, 
fully kneel with their faces to the ground and worship. And, and so I think, you know, when we, we talk about postures of worship, like raising hands is kind of the, the go-to, right, that uh-huh. we think about, right? And we think Tim Hawkins and window washing and, you know, touchdown <laughs> and all TV. that stuff, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, big TV, big yeah, TV. you know, like, yeah. you know, widescreen, you know, uh-huh. but like, but the reality is, is, you know, clapping mm-hmm. our hands to the Lord, you know, celebrating, that's, that's a posture of worship, saying hallelujah, like declaring um, yes, praise the Lord. That's a posture of worship, uh, bowing before him, literally just sitting in silence. Yeah, being silent, yeah. Um, one of my uh, earliest memories of this is we had a, a guy in the very first church I was in. I was that green, green pastor who's like overanalyzing everything and and seeing that every Sunday this guy is standing on the back row with his arms crossed, never singing a word, just looking over his wife's shoulder at the hymn book, like every Sunday. It's all he does. And I remember just being so frustrated, so frustrated, not saying anything because I was 19 and knew enough to know that I shouldn't say something probably, but that was about it, you know, silently judging the whole time. And I remember him coming probably a couple months in coming up to me after the service and just going, you know, I realize you probably wonder what I'm doing back there. He goes, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, when, when we sing and I hear people singing, I'm just so overcome with emotion. I just can't open my mouth. And so I just sit or stand and I read the words and allow the Lord to teach me. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind. And completely revolutionized how I looked at people, knowing that there may be people that have had such a hard week they can't speak, you know, and they're simply soaking the truth of God through music or through prayer or through scripture in. And then there's some that are extroverts and ADD and they're boisterous and they're going to be that way. And that is authentic to who they are. And so I think that's a big part of it is to encourage the authenticity of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, in music, you know, and singing and, and praying and, and being able to um, find freedom in the body to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And the one piece that we often forget is everybody thinks worship is always got to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And, and that if I'm, if I'm not joyful, then I can't worship when, when most of the Psalms are laments. Mm-hmm. So if you read the songbook, which was the songbook, Psalms were songbook of the, of the Jewish people, right? Most of them are laments. And, and that's freeing because when we think that of lament as worship, we don't think that's worship, but it is mm-hmm. that when we complain to God that this is not the way it should be and I'm hurting, that is worship because we're, we're recognizing that there's something that's not right and we're going to the one who can set it right and we're pleading with him. That is worship. And so I don't know very many people that are lamenting a death, a suffering, a disease, a cancer, whatever, and they're just like, everything's great. I'm just going to work, you know. I see them as people who maybe not raise their hands. Maybe they're crying and weeping, and that is worship. Mm-hmm. And so when we realize it's not necessarily posture um, or one, set, one kind of posture all the right. time, that worship is, again, of the heart. Um, I, think, I think that's the, the main, main thing we have to keep focus on. Mm-hmm. And I, when you asked earlier about how it relates to relational um, worship, I, I think I, I, we just pushed on this last couple weeks ago when 
Jesus says that it's that if you have someone against or someone has something against you or you have something against them, he says to to drop your sacrifice, leave worship, and go deal with that relationship first, and then come back and offer your gift. Mm-hmm. I think again that is worship. Is that when we yeah. reconcile to one another? Yes. That is, he says, stop your traditional worship, your practice, and go do that. That is actual worship. Mm-hmm. And so again, when we realize that worship is the do, uh, living out the kingdom of uh, the good news, which is reconciliation. God has reconciled us. How do you worship? You go be reconciled to other people. Like it, it, it's so much bigger than just the uh, things we do on a Sunday morning, but those are important and we should do those because they have, they, they, they bring us life. And I mean, I know people that Sunday mornings gathering together with the body and singing is the most important time of the week because uh, it's so encouraging for them. And so sing out, I think it's important, sing out, mm-hmm. lament when you're in that morning state, lament, that is worship. Rejoice when, you, when things, uh, the Lord is doing amazing things in your life, rejoice and let that go, you know? Um, that I think, uh, yeah, that's yeah. my dad. And I, I mean, I've, one of those trite things that sometimes you have this trite saying, you're like, yeah, whatever. This one I've always hung on to is in Psalm 150 when it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We tend to try to sub, subhead that into, let everything that sounds good with this mm-hmm. and that and this and that. No, it's just, if you breathe, praise, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. the bottom line of, of what um, a life of worship is. You breathing? Okay. You can praise the Lord then. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. When I cease breathing. Yeah. Guess what? You'll be you'll praising. be praising the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great. I, I think uh, you guys do a phenomenal job. I, as far as leading a congregation, and and I've been lucky to be a part of it and learn from you guys is when people come in on Sunday mornings, you're never going to be judged. Like I, I think in, in our congregation, I, I really do feel this, and and maybe it's not this way everywhere, but I don't feel like anybody's going to judge you if you are twirling around, hands up in the air, praising, or if you are sad and lamenting and and sobbing and weeping, I don't, I've never seen somebody be like, how come you don't sing? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe it's different because of COVID and we just can't see if if they're singing or not anyways. But uh, I just think our our congregation does such a good job because of the leadership that we have um, up on stage and showing how to worship. So, uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks. Say what you do every single week. It's it's awesome, uh, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the gathering podcast today. If you do, and you're listening on Anchor or Spotify, we're also on Apple now, which is fantastic. Uh, so we'd love for you guys to leave a review on there if you would. And then if you guys are watching the video and you can see our faces, you're on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And we'll see you next time on the Gathering Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Gathering Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at GatheringKC and on Facebook at The Gathering Baptist Church. Once again, for more information, you can go to our website, GatheringKC.com, and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week.